What is up, everyone? Welcome to the Lazy Boy QB's podcast. Today is October 16th, 2020. I am your co-host, Jonathan Ryder. And as always, my co-host, Chad Larson, is here. Say what's up to the fans, Chad. 757 is in the building. 75, stand up. That's all I have to say right now. All right, stand up, 757. <laughs> stand up, 305. Look, yes. this is week six of the NFL. Uh, we're still Damn playing. We're, we know yeah. there's some schedule changes. Things are a little bit crazy. But, you know, we get football this weekend, and we're going to do some picks today, and we're going to jump right to it. First game of the week, man, Cleveland Browns at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, I'm going to just go – uh, well, I'm going to just go ahead and start off. The game is in Pittsburgh for one. I'm going to just go ahead and paint paint the scene for everybody. All right. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh is at home. Uh, they are favored by three and a half points, right? So Pittsburgh undefeated 4-0 team looked – they didn't look good against the Eagles last, this past Sunday. However, it, did, it was an inspiring win to me because they, it showed that they were able to win ugly. Right, you know, we hit on it yesterday. The running game wasn't working. Mike Tomlin just put his balls out on the table and was like, you know what, we're gonna win this game through the air, right? And that's what they did. Obviously, Chase Claypool four touchdowns, something that he'll probably never replicate again. No offense. Best game uh, of his career. Yeah, exactly. Which is kind of, I feel like that's kind of anticlimactic to do that as a rookie, like knowing that that's gonna be your best game. But, you know, I guess if you score four in a game, then whatever. It doesn't really matter. Um, but, man, I, I tell you, this uh, this Browns team just keeps chugging along on some victories, right? So they beat Dallas uh, two weeks ago. They beat the Colts last week in another game that we had picked where we actually both liked Indianapolis. But, man, they're just a team that, that finds a way to win. The running game, obviously, is controlling them. Uh, Kareem Hunt. Didn't look super explosive, 20 carries, 72 yards last week. But they're just continued, you know, resilience when it comes to running the football, right? So I feel like that's going to be a difference. Or a difference maker for Cleveland is how much they're able to control the clock, how much they're able to control time of possession. All right, yeah. Look, this is this is how I look at it, man. Um, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers have a really good front seven. Right, it's, it's yep. pretty nasty. They can get yep. added to the against the quarterback, but man, one thing they cannot do is is really protect the pass efficiently. Um, Tra- Travis Fulgham was the only legitimate playmaker, and you cannot even call him legitimate playmaker because he only had one good game before that. He was destroying yeah. that Steelers secondary. Yeah. Mika Fitzpatrick is not playing that well. The Steelers corners will look a little bit overmatched. And one thing that the Browns have are offensive weapons. They got Yes, they do. Odell Beckham Jr., Jarvis Landry. Uh they got uh Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt. Uh, we're talking about the, the tight ends, Austin Hooper. Uh you have Harrison from Florida Atlantic go owls. Hoot hoot. You also have <laughs> Yeah, uh, and Joku is coming back. He might play this week. And I know Baker is not the most consistent quarterback, but, man, right. that was an impressive win against the Indianapolis Colts last week with still the number one defense in the NFL. Exactly, exactly. That's the thing for me is I feel like they were able to control, you know, control the game for the most part against Indy. Um, as I said, time of possession for them is key. They added almost 35 minutes 
against Indy. And, you know, in their, in their past three games where they've looked really good, you know, this this past one against Indy, um, the 49-38 win against Dallas, and then the 34-20 win against Baltimore, I'm sorry, against Washington. In those three games, they've averaged over 35 minutes of, of possession a game. So, you know, exactly like you were saying, they have those playmakers, but at the end of the day, you know, it kind of starts with the guys up front and starts with, you know, are they able to get that push? You know, we talk, you said it earlier, the Steelers probably one of the best front sevens in the whole league. Uh, but, but, you but know, I'll, I'll, I'll say oh, this, Chad. The yeah. difference between the offensive line between the Philadelphia Eagles and the Browns are not in that. Yeah, Jack, very true. They, they, they invested in this offensive line in the offseason. Then brought in Jack Conklin to play right tackle. Um, they drafted uh, the kid out of Alabama, Tristan Wirt. Jedrick Wills. Wills. Yep. You know, to play left tackle. Um, look, this is a solid, much more solid offensive line than what the Eagles brought to the game last week. Yeah, man. And and with that being said, Jonathan, let's go ahead and get a pick from you. Uh, Steelers favored by three and a half at home. Who do you have getting this one? I'm taking the Browns straight up. Really? Browns straight up. Okay. For the upset. Nice. I, um, damn. All right, I'm going to go with the Steelers. I'm going to go, yeah, I'm going to go with the Steelers. Because after that conversation we had on the last pod mm-hmm. about about the Steelers really being a team that could contend against uh, against Kansas City, I really need to see it from them this week, and I want them to show it to me. So I think whichever team comes out of this one, obviously huge momentum. Uh, you know, Steelers could go to 5-0, and Browns could go to 5-1. and um, and kind of, you know, start to take control of that AFC North. Yeah, and, and it sounds kind of weird, but whoever wins this game is in a prime mm-hmm. position to get home field advantage. I understand yeah. it's a long season, but, yeah. you know, it's going to knock, if the Steelers lose, it knocks them out of contention uh, from, from that undefeated slot that they have right now. Yeah, 100%. And uh, the next game that we want to get to is um, going to be an NFC matchup, actually. One o'clock kickoff between the Chicago Bears, and they will be traveling to the Carolina Panthers. Um, Panthers currently favored by one and a half at home. Jonathan, talk to me about it. Yeah, man. So the Carolina Panthers is, is that team that it completely shocked me, right? Uh, we yeah. talked about the, you know, the, the, the first four, um, you know, you know, about the, you know, the four – Here we are, we're looking at this this Carolina Panthers team that lost Christian McCaffrey, but they're three and zero since then. Um, yeah, they pretty much you know won the game that got Dan Quinn fired out of Atlanta. Uh, they went to Los Angeles and you know and, and beat Justin Herbert. Teddy Bridgewater's played like a legitimate quarterback. Robbie Anderson fourth in receiving yards and fourth in, in, in catches in the NFL. Like, yeah, he is. Whoa, yeah, he is. where where did they come from? I know, single single handedly keeping my fantasy team afloat at the wide receiver position, Robbie Anderson. Um, but yeah, like like you said, man, it's just it's just a bunch of unexpected guys. Um, you know, they they have the zero and two start right, and then McCaffrey goes down in that. He went down. Did he go down in the Chargers game? Right. Uh, I think no. He went down in the Tampa Bay game. Okay. Yeah. So then. Okay. Yeah. 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 You're right. You're right. So then the three games they play without him, like you said. They, they get on this nice three-game winning streak. Um, 
you know, obviously not the most formidable opponents. You know, like we said, catching Atlanta right before they fired Dan Quinn. Um, the Chargers is Justin Herbert's second career start. Um, and then I really thought they looked good in that Cardinals game. They were able to pick off – I'm sorry, not pick off, but they were able to um, – you know, control that Arizona team who at the time still had a lot of momentum, um, you know, going for them after their hot start at 2-0. So I thought that was a really impressive win for them. At the end of the day, I think it just comes down to the guy who we've been talking about for them the whole season, and that's Matt Rule, right? He's come in, he's brought that new culture. Um, You know, they got Joe Brady, the offensive coordinator from LSU last year, worked closely with the New Orleans Saints before that. Um, You know, a guy who who is inventive on the offensive side of the ball. And then defensively, I still don't feel like they're that good, right? I feel like they're okay on defense. Um, but like you said, Teddy Teddy Bridgewater is looking like a legitimate quarterback right now, right? And I feel like when he signed that contract, we were all looking at him as, you know, a bridge type of guy. You know, he's just the guy who's going to be there until they can find that next, you know, that elite quarterback, right? But he could end up, you know... I could easily see this team possibly, you know, vying for a nine and seven, ten and six, and and making a, a fight for that NFC playoff spot. So, yeah, and look, we we keep talking about the Panthers right here, the three and two team, but here are the four and one Bears coming to town <laughs> who beat Tom Brady last week on Thursday yeah. night. There are four and one, but what is we are talking so much about the Panthers and hyping them up. What do you think that says about a 4-1 Spirit team? Are we disrespecting them? Yeah, I mean, it, it hurts to say for me, um, or not not hurts to say, but it's just, it hurts to say that they're 4-1, right? Because I don't feel like that they've played to that level. You know, quarterback controversy for them pretty much every single week up to this point. Um, you, you mentioned they got that big win against Tampa, that 20-19 win against Tampa last Thursday. I'm still trying to figure out how they won that game because I thought that they were outplayed in all three areas, right? But they have that crucial, you know, they have that crucial period uh, in the second quarter where they can score, where they score the two touchdowns in uh, in less than two minutes, and that pretty much, you know, springboards them to get the victory. So I'm not sure. I'm still not sure what to make of Detroit. I think I'm sorry, not Detroit, Chicago. Still waiting for Foles to kind of start to get his confidence back. And see if he can start to, you know, gel with Allen Robinson and the rest of that receiving core. So, I'll I'll be honest, Chad. I have very little faith in the Bears. I think this is a this is an inflated four one record, uh, gritty wins. I I'm just not buying it right now. And if you if you ask me who wins this game, you know, Carolina favored by a point and a half. Uh, yeah. Car- Carolina covers it and they'll move to four and two. Okay. Yeah, I'm in lockstep with you completely. I feel like Carolina is the superior team right now, and I think we'll be, you know, moving forward. I mean, these are two teams that are going to most likely be competing for NFC wildcard spots, so it'd be fascinating to see how this game, you know, how much weight it carries going forward the rest of the season. No doubt. Um, So the next thing we want to talk about, 425 kickoff, the Green Bay Packers at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, the 4-0 Tampa Bay, I'm sorry, Packers against the 3-2 Bucks. We just talked about how Brady, you know, kind of, I guess he forgot the downs against Chicago, kind of handed them a win. Uh, yeah. But do, who, who do you, do you think the Bucks? this is the comeback for them where they can establish that, you know, they are, you know, still the elite in the NFC? 
Yeah, I think uh, I, I think for Tampa, this right, this is kind of going to be a game that can determine, you know, if they're able to get that number two seed um, in the NFC. And and you know, with the new, the with the rejiggered playoff format, it's basically you know the only advantage is when you have the number one seed, um, you know, because that's the only team that's getting that by. And I feel like, you know, if to me that's going to come down to between Seattle and Green Bay. We talked about it on the pod the other day. Seattle has a very weak schedule moving forward. I feel like it'll be almost impossible for anybody to catch them. But, you know, and then I look at a matchup like this and it's like, okay, who can get that two that two spot um, in the NFC, right? Because who's going to who's hosting that playoff game, um, you know, in the second weekend? Um, but with with Tampa, I see that they're going to come out. I think Brady's going to come out laser focused. You know, he's heard the critics for about 10 days now you know, about this fourth down controversy or, you know, confusion or all that good stuff. And and to me, just just a, a bad loss to a bad Chicago team, right? You know, going in, I think a lot of guys were pretty confident that Tampa was going to was gonna get that one. Um, but yeah, I think, I think they're going to be inspired. At the end of the day, though, man, uh, Green Bay is a complete football team, right? I think we, we can agree they're the most complete team in the NFC, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I'll agree with that. Yeah, just as far as like the defense as well, because Seattle obviously no defense at all. I think Tampa is close actually because I like their defense a lot, but uh, I just think Green Bay Aaron Rodgers is playing too well offensively for us to not you know consider them the best overall team in the NFC. Yeah, so statistically right now in the NFL, Green Bay Packers have the fourth best defense, and the Tampa Bay are right there. They're in six, right? Um, yeah. Tampa Bay Bucks should get Chris Godwin back. Um, he's been out two weeks with that hamstring injury, uh, but you know, and I, I've mentioned this in a, in a couple of pods. Uh, I feel like this is the Aaron Rodgers fu tour. Um, yeah, I think he wants to go to Tampa Bay um, and show Brady that man. I know you're a great quarterback, but I'm better than you, and I don't even have all the weapons that you have in in, in Tampa. You know what? Yeah. Maybe Tampa should have made phone calls. To Green Bay and try to get me here because I would have been doing much better than you are right now. Um, oh, yeah, I, I'm telling you, I, I really like this, this this Green Bay Packers team. It, it's it's legit, man. It, it it's it's yeah. a really good football team, and Aaron Rodgers just puts them over the top. Um, so I'll just give you my pick right now, Chad. Uh, I, I'm yeah, picking the me. Packers. I know that they're favored by one, which is disrespectful to Tampa Bay, right? Very, I, I will say much. that. Very disrespectful. Maybe Bruce Arians can, you know, kind of whip that up into people's minds down there. But I'm taking the Green Bay Packers to beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this weekend. Yeah, and I think you hit on the key point that I was going to say is about the disrespect that Tampa's getting. You know, I talked briefly about, you know, the disrespect that Tom Brady's getting. People second-guessing him and, you know, oh, he, he forgot the fourth down. You know, does he still have it? You know, Brady this, Brady that. You know, I got people. I'm on text change with people who are saying, you know, man, this just shows that Belichick is 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 the one who's, you know, the one who, who we credit for all those Super Bowls. Brady was just, you know, playing a piece. And, you know, I'm sure Brady's hearing that. And, and, and that goes up and down every single week. It just depends on between the Panther or between the Patriots and the Bucks who has uh, – you know, who, who's riding high and, and then who's coming off a loss, right? But, um, you know, I think I think Brady's going to come out inspired. I think those weapons, I think having Godwin back is going to be super huge, even though, you know, I've, off the hamstring, I'm sure he's probably not going to, 
you know, be playing every single down, right? They're going to kind of want to ease him back in, you know, into this long season. Um, but I'm taking Tampa, man. I'm taking Tampa at home. Uh, I love a home dog. Uh, they always come out with something to play for. And like you said, you know, uh, Bruce Arians is going to get those guys fired up. And I'm just I'm just picking Brady because I feel like he's just going to have a bounce back game. All right, I'm just going to give you two quick statistics over here, right? And I think Talk this is what, what what the Tampa Bay Bucks have to overcome. Green mm-hmm. Bay is rushing for 150 yards a game this year. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. legit on the ground. They're, they're legit, legit on, on the ground. ground. And they're also scoring 38 points a game, which is 11 yeah. points more than the Tampa Bay Bucks. So yeah. I'm glad we're disagreeing, though. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I just, I mean, they haven't, like you said, Tampa Bay is no slouch of their own on defense, you know, being number six in total defense. So I could see that. I can still see Tampa winning out in that matchup, even with those fantastic numbers that you gave. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, all right, so let's go ahead and move on to our fourth game of the week. Uh, between the Kansas City Chiefs, who are going to be playing host to the Buffalo Bills, this is another one of those games that we're talking about where there's going to be a home underdog, right? So Kansas City is favored by five. Jonathan, what are you going to be looking for in that one? I'm I'm looking to see if if what happened to the Bills on on Tuesday, if, if that's the the real Buffalo Bills. Um, yeah. I don't think it, it is the real Buffalo Bills. Like, we were talked about this. We spent a lot of time talking about how, how that game was kind of mystifying. It just didn't make any sense. Um, right, 100%. I, I'm expecting them, even though their defense is not as good as it was last year or the last couple of years, I, I'm expecting them to to be, you know, to play physical. I, I want to see them hit Patrick Mahomes. I want to see them make Patrick Mahomes feel uncomfortable. Um you know, and, and Patrick didn't have a bad game against the Raiders. I, I think the Raiders just came out for a great game plan. They threw the ball down the field. Um, yeah. I, I just want to see if, if Josh Allen is going to show up. And, uh, you know, th- that's what I want to see. It's like, hey, Josh Allen, you have a big game at home. Can you win this game? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, and, and the, key, the, the key to the game, I think, for Buffalo um, is going to be how they play on how they both play on third down and how they're able to limit the number of third downs. You know, we talked about it in that um, in that game against Tennessee where they were 13 to 17 on third down. However, it obviously didn't translate to, you know, anything close to a victory. The Bills are interesting because they're actually one of the only teams, you know, we talk about it, they're 4-1. Outside of that first game against the New York Jets where they had 41 minutes of possession, um... They have not won the, the, the possession battle in any or the time of possession battle in any of their other games. Um, against Kansas City, though, to me, that's just not something that you can do, right? You you can't you can't keep giving Patrick Mahomes and those guys multiple chances uh, and letting them stay on the field for, you know, four, five, six minutes at a time, just eating up clock and, and really continuing to get their rhythm. So I'll I'll be fascinated to see how Buffalo is able to control control the clock. Uh, Brian Dable, I think he's going to come up with a great game plan for the Bills to help keep them in it, help manage Josh Allen throughout the first quarter and a half or so, um, you know, to kind of continue what I said, you know, eating up the clock, keeping that Kansas City offense on the sideline. Yeah, um, it, it's very interesting the dynamic of this game because 
Well, this this game is kind of you know unusual because these are two teams that were four and zero, and they're coming off you know a loss because they're four and one now, and yeah. it, it, it's really difficult you know to it's difficult to predict this game. Um, to be honest with you. I feel like the Bills have the right skill set as far as the weapons. Um, I, I think Stephon Diggs, uh, yeah. Cole Beasley, I think John Brown is going to be back for this game. Uh, they have to keep running the ball with Singletary and Moss. But I think they're going to give the Chiefs defense a little bit of, of, of some issues. Because one thing that kind of broke the Chiefs back last week is that, you know... Uh, D- Derek Carr was finally able to throw the ball down the field. Yes, he was. And the yes, Bills have the weapons for that. So if they really he, he want lis- to He listened this, to you. That's what it was. He listened <laughs> to you. Yeah, well, <laughs> uh, but this is what I'll say, Chad. At the end of the day, this is my prediction. I think the Chiefs will win, but the Bills will cover. Okay. Okay, so you're predicting a nice knockout, you know what I'm saying, fight to the end type thing. Yeah, it's 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 not gonna go. It's not gonna be a blowout in either way. I I don't. I see this game being very tight. I wouldn't be surprised if if Mahomes has to leave. All right. So what do you got, Chad? Yeah, I, I'm looking, man. I to me, it just comes down to the fact that I don't trust that Bills defense, right? I wanna, you know, the Bills defense that was, you know, we felt since McDermott's been there has kind of been a staple for that team. Um, this year has, has definitely taken a big step backwards on the bottom 10 in points per game allowed. Um, and you know, a lot of that obviously came from, you know, that the 42 points that Tennessee hung on them last week. Um, with that being said, man, I, I'm going to go Kansas city, but I, I think Kansas city, uh, is, is going to win it pretty, pretty big. I say at least two scores. Wow. Look, as a Dolphins fan, go for it. <laughs> Hey man, as long as you can keep sniffing that, uh, sniffing that first place, and they only be one game back if that happens. That's right, Dad. It's right. Um, and that actually go ahead and can transition us nicely into our lock of the week, right? So this is something new that we are introducing uh, this week. Um, Jonathan actually suggested it, so give him credit. Uh, one lock, right, for every single or for every week that we do these predictions. Um, a game that, you know, theoretically, if you had to put your life on the line, one that you're comfortable with, one that you're comfortable picking. So with that being said, right. Jonathan, why don't you go ahead and get, get up with yours? All right. If my life depends on it, let's go ahead and scrap this segment. Um... <laughs> if, you're, if your theoretical life depends on it. Oh, okay. That one. All right. Cool. Uh, yeah, look, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my lock of the week. Uh, Miami at home against the uh, the Jets. Miami coming off a huge win. The Jets, they're a mess. Miami's favored by nine and a half. Uh, I don't know if Miami covers it. To be honest with you, uh, are, we, yeah. are we considering the? Are, are we taking the spreads into consideration here? We're always taking the spread into consideration. All right, whatever. Miami, they'll cover <laughs> the nine and a half. Fins nice. up. What do you nice. got, Chad? I Who's like your it. lock of the week? I like it. Look, man, um, my lock of the week is actually going to be I am locking in that the Indianapolis Colts are going to beat uh, Joe Burrow and the Bengals, right? So I love Joe Burrow. Um, I think he's fantastic or going to be fantastic. 
But, man, I love that Colts defense, and I feel like it's going to be a long day. You know, we talked about – we were singing the praises for DeForest Buckner on the podcast about about a week ago or so, um, and we saw, you know, what, uh, what Baltimore was able to do against the Bengals this past weekend. I think it's going to be a lot of the same song for them against the Colts. You know, I don't see their offense being able to move the ball that well. Um, I see Indianapolis creating turnovers – Xavier Rhodes, you know he's going to want to get in those passing lanes. He's going to he's going to be aggressive. TJ Carey, same way. Yeah, I see I see Indianapolis winning this one and covering the seven and a half that they're favored by. You think Burrow finishes the game? Yeah, I, I think I think the only game that he was genuinely like there was a genuine chance that he wasn't going to finish it was that Baltimore game. I think that he since since he finished that one, I think I'll probably pick him to finish the rest of them this year okay since no we finished our locks of the week now we got to pick the upset of the week right chad yeah i know man this is this is the big one the one that people are actually people are listening for right some guys want to make some money this weekend got to get an upset all right chad go ahead and break one of our of our biggest fans hearts and tell me what's your upset of the week this week <laughs> i forgot uh streety close your ears but uh, I am picking the Atlanta Falcons, who are four-point underdogs going into Minnesota. I'm predicting Atlanta to win that one. First game in the in the post-Dan Quinn era. Um, I don't know, man. I just feel like Matt Ryan is going to come out. I think Julio is finally healthy again or starting to turn the corner back towards his health. Minnesota, you know, I think they've gotten a lot of momentum. They, uh, they're they coming off two weeks where they've played really well, right, the um, – the, the tough game that they had against Seattle went all the way down to the wire. And while I think there were some things to take from that game that are positives, I also feel like Atlanta's going to just come out, uh, guns blaze, and they're going to play like they have nothing to lose because they've already lost a whole bunch this year. Uh, and I think Atlanta picks up their first win of the season. I like it, Chad. I like your reasoning. I can see your reasoning. I know that I'm not yeah. picking against you. But I, I actually got Minnesota in this game. Uh, oh, and to be honest with you, Streety loves that pick because he wants Zimmer gone. So yeah, that I just say, gives I know him he another wants loss. To get fired. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. He's he's applauding me right now. <laughs> um, well, Chad, since you give your upset of the week, I'll give you mine. Uh, I know that I've been down on this team and I talked a lot of trash. I'm not buying yeah, any have. damn gift cards to anybody. Because y'all didn't win last week. However, the Eagles are nine and a half point underdogs against the Ravens. And and Chad likes to bring it up. This is an Eagles team that yep. when, they, when they have their backs against the wall, they start playing. They were very close to beating the Steelers. Um, you know, they kicked a long field goal. They missed it. When, when the Steelers were trying to kill the clock, they forced the Steelers to throw the ball. Um, this is a spunky team. Um, I feel like this, the nine and a half at home is super disrespectful. And yeah, I will pick the Eagles to beat the Ravens outright. The Ravens don't look good. Lamar Jackson completing 55% of his throws, which is worse than the league. They did not look dominant against the Bengals. 
Not in my opinion. It's the Bengals. You should have put 30 or 40 points on them. I got the Eagles, Chad. Hey, man. Fly, Eagles, cannot. Fly. Cannot. <laughs> relax. Relax. All right. Relax. All right. Fly chickens fly. Fly chickens there, fly. There All you right. go. Thank you. Thank you. Um, before we head out, Jonathan, I do want to talk about one more matchup. I, I did not prep you for yes. this one, but I was just thinking about it. I'm always um, prepped. I know you love to dig into the college game, right? And yes. there is a and there is a yes. huge top five matchup, right, between number two Alabama. I'm sorry, yeah, number two Alabama is gonna be playing host to number three Georgia this weekend. Both teams three and Um obviously two of the favorites, you know, to make it to the college football playoff. Jonathan, what do you see? What are you expecting from an Alabama team who could possibly be without their head coach, Nick Saban, for this one, as he has tested positive for uh, COVID? Can I give you not what I see in Alabama, but what I see in Georgia? Georgia? Absolutely. You can talk yeah. about them all day. Man, they, they looked a little worried. I, I, I got a little worried in that first game against Arkansas, but then we kind of figured out that Arkansas is a lot better than what we thought they were. Um, exactly. Yeah, exactly. there's a little bit of energy in there. Uh I, I like these, these dogs, man. Uh, they play really well, especially in the second half against Tennessee. And I I, I don't know, man. I, look, I, I'm just going to go ahead and make my pick before you talk. I'm just saying, <laughs> I, got, I, I got the Georgia Bulldogs, man, in this game. Wow. Georgia Bulldogs. Okay. And, and the line for that game, by the way, Alabama is favored by five. That is going to be an 8 o'clock kickoff uh, on CBS down in Tuscaloosa. Man, I'm telling you, um, I, I've only watched – I watched Georgia in that game against uh, – in that game a couple weeks ago against Auburn, and, man, they looked good. They looked very good. The defense looked alive. Um, you know, their running game, I feel like it's a mandate now where they just have to have, like, an insane running back or a couple of really good running backs, right, down there in Georgia – and and Stetson Bennett, you know, I know yep. people are are looking at him. He's like, they're like, dude, this guy's not even six feet tall. Never heard of him. What is he doing? Hey, man, at the end of the day, right now, he's currently got five touchdowns, no interceptions. He's third in all of college football and QBR. Um, and he's doing what he needs to to remind reminds me a lot of like how. Um, what's the uh, the the guy who was literally just their quarterback? Um, you talk about uh, Jake Fromm. Jake, Jake Fromm. Fromm. Okay. Yeah, how he was when he first took over that starting job uh, down there in Georgia. A guy who wasn't wasn't being flashy with the ball, wasn't wowing you with his arm or anything like that, but was just making the right plays and making smart plays for his team and helping them win. Now on the other side, we have an explosive and electric Alabama team, right? But a team that also recently looks like they haven't been able to stop anything um gave up 48 48. yeah yeah they did and that's where i think that that alabama is going to be hurting the most you know i've heard i've seen a bunch of guys bring it up alabama and and nick saban specifically is a master at in-game adjustments on defense right and i feel like he's definitely going to need to make some against this georgia team because georgia is like you said. I mean, they're they're a formidable team, and they're a team that you should definitely be worried about. Um, I'm looking over it now, man. I, I'll be honest. As much as it pains me to say it as an LSU fan, I think I'm gonna have to go Bama in this one. 
No, look, at the end of the day, you know, Alabama, you always got to give them the benefit of the doubt, right? Um, Absolutely. And even, and even when these, te- these teams regularly don't play in the regular season uh, because of COVID and the in-conference schedule, I think this is the first Bama-Georgia game in the regular season in a long time. But even when yeah, they play you- each other, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I was just going to say, we're used to them playing for SEC championships. Exactly. And usually Alabama <laughs> beats Georgia in those. Um, yep. Even though, you know, the last, I guess, classic was, you know, Tua Tonga Valoa, you know, throwing that touchdown pass off his back foot to win the national oh. championship. Uh, still still can't believe that but, game to this but day. But this, this is not the same Alabama team uh, that we're used to seeing. Mac Jones is not a star at quarterback. Um I, I understand that Najee, Najee Harris is a, is a hell of a running back. I would love to see him being a Dolphin next year. Um, ten, have, ten, 10 rushing touchdowns in three games. Okay, sir. You know, they, like I said, they put 63 on Ole Miss. He had a bunch <laughs> against Ole Miss. And he also yeah. had a few against – You know, they, they put 52 points on Texas A&M. But this is my thing. Yeah. I don't see them putting that many points against that that very, very stingy and tough um, you know, Bulldog defense. Um, I, yep. And, and, and to me, that's going to be the difference. You're not going to be able to score that much, and Georgia is, is going to be able to score on you because your defense is kind of leaky this year. Um, so, uh, and that's why I got the dogs on the road. It should be great. Okay. And, and you know, yeah. and, and, and I want to add one more factor in here. Like, even though I, I wouldn't be surprised if they kind of fudge the numbers, this is not going to be a packed house at Alabama, right? They're probably going to nah. be playing at 25, maybe up to 50% capacity, and uh, I might yeah, fudge yeah. the numbers a little bit. Come on, it's, it's still a- it's it's still the <laughs> SEC. They're getting at least 40,000 in there. They're getting at least 40,000 in there somehow. Man, that Texas A&M game last week was packed, uh, and they call it 25%. Oh, it was a lot know, louder than 25%, I'll tell dude, you that. Uh, and to the point that Dan Mullen said, I want the next Florida game to be, you know, yeah, fully packed. Full house. <laughs> <laughs> um, gotta love but, SEC football. You got to. And an 8 o'clock game for the SEC, it's cut on CBS. Like, it's magical. I can't wait to see this game. Yeah, actually the only it's actually the only top 25 matchup this week, too. So, you know, it's going to be taking center stage. All eyes are definitely going to be on that one. So, yeah, definitely a game that I think we're both looking forward to uh, as part of just, you know, a good weekend of football altogether, I think, coming up this weekend. Wait, 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 wait. Chad, are you telling yeah. me you're not psyched for Florida State of North Carolina on ABC at 730? <laughs> I, I tell you what, man. Somehow Florida State is only a 13-and-a-half point dog. And I I just don't understand how. I don't know how. North Carolina has looked very good this whole season. They steamrolled Virginia Tech, hung 56 on them, and no offense, but I just don't think Florida State, uh, I don't think Florida State can even compete with Virginia Tech, so I'm not giving them much of a chance against North Carolina. Hey, really quick, I got some good news. Okay, talk to me. Really quick. Hey, yeah. the only Big 12 game got postponed, so Oklahoma State can't yeah, I, I saw season. that. I saw that. I know they're just gonna postpone the rest of their season. <laughs> the rest of the Big Twelve is still gonna play, but Oklahoma State's not gonna be allowed to. And the thing is, if this were the nineteen twenties, if their season did end, then they would call themselves national champions at three and So, so. 
So Chuba Hubbard for Heisman. Yeah, exactly, right? Exactly. Oh man. Oh man. Well, I can tell you what, guys, uh we have had fun here on this Friday edition um of the lazy boy qbs podcast we hope you guys are having fun as well stay safe this weekend jonathan anything to plug before we sign off yeah just a little preview next week chad and i want to do power rankings for the nfl um we're gonna rake them up stack them up and hopefully there's gonna be lots of disagreement with you guys so you guys can yell at us yeah and guys continue to uh continue to interact with us Follow us on Twitter, email us, you know, the dis- or the links are in the description to this podcast. And, you know, we're happy to hear what you guys want, and we'll be more than happy to talk about that most of the time. <laughs> Jonathan, just don't write in any more Dolphins questions. Oh, man. How'd you know it was me? <laughs> I, I, I tracked the burner account. I found out. <laughs> uh But all right, guys, with that being said, we are going to sign off, and we hope you guys have a great weekend. Enjoy some football. Ciao.